0: Consumer behaviors were undergoing a sea change where convenience value became all the more important. Correct. It was a light bulb moment for us and actually that's when we pioneered the world's or at least I would say India's first Hmm. two cloud kitchens. We started one in Bhopal in Ahmedabad and the other one in Kadugodi in Bangalore and then there was no looking back. With a great team of marketers, we went on to building new brands completely from scratch. As an output today, uh, we have a portfolio of over 10 brands, with many of them like Behrouz Biryani, Story Pizza, Fasos. They've actually become a multi crore plus brands in mere span of about 2-3 years.
1: That was Sagar Kocha, the co-founder of Rebel Foods, which was formerly known as Fasos. Surely you've heard of the food chains Fasos, Behrouz Biryani, right? This is where they come from. This internet restaurant company, which is nothing less than Sagar's baby, has now expanded and reached new horizons. After managing and building the core of the brand for about 8 years, Sagar proudly calls himself the father of this enterprise, along with his other co-founders. So let's find out with Sagar Kocher about his journey with Rebel Foods and what it takes to build and sustain a cloud kitchen in this day and age. dive straight into to understand well how they did it. But just to let you know before we proceed any further in light of the coronavirus pandemic this conversation was recorded over a phone call. Alright, Savir, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
0: Thank you so much, Kunar. Doing really well as ever and uh, in this very new
1: normal. Yeah, yes, absolutely. of course. Yeah. Are, so, tell us about Rebel Foods, tell us about your journey, you joining as the VP Operations and now being the co-founder of the firm. Tell us about your journey. Sure, Konrad. So, well, I think there's a small there. I actually joined as an FER. Oh, okay. And
0: uh, not as a VP or something, but I still feel like an FER even after nine years. So, designations have changed, but the FER DNA is what keeps me going. Okay. But yes, I mean the story is actually a very interesting one. Mm. Let me talk about not just my story, uh, but actually the story of Rebel Foods. Mm. Even both are very, very intertwined. So, uh, it began about 9 years back when mm. the startup bug hadn't even bitten our generation. And post my MBA in a typical old-fashioned way, I got placed with a great MNC, was getting shaped up as a business leader and going mm. through the grind of sales and marketing. Post almost about 4 years is when I felt a strong urge of disrupting my own professional life, mm-hmm. the calling for doing something completely of my own and completely from the scratch. Mm-hmm. And that's when I actually came across this beautifully written job posting by Jhedi Penkartol who were looking for F.E.R.S and F.E.R.S stand for Fasos Entrepreneurs in residents okay. to join them and build Fasos to be one of the leading homegrown restaurant chains. Hmm. The Jerry was pretty much encapsulated all my aspirations of you
1: know what I wish to do as an entrepreneur and uh, that too in a very interesting space of food. Being a
0: foodie Punjabi, you couldn't have wished for anything better. And that's when I joined Fasos. Uh, we were about 6-7 stores strong. Hmm. I got to do everything right from okay. your jazzy sounding business management to mm. actually the running the stores on my own, mm. to actually making roles behind the tabak to actually doing deliveries. Wow. Which till date actually happens to be my fondest memories of my at Deogal. And uh, once we changed the gears I was pretty much doing what I intended to do always, mm. scaling up the business to running it end to end. I got to scale the entire Western operations including Mumbai, Pune, Madhya Pradesh, Gujarat and I was heading the operation for good 4 years and while it was scaling up Konak, that is when with a the, with the clear aspiration to you know to be the largest homegrown QSA food chain. In the Get year 2014 it. is when we got struck with this realization that actually to be the largest and really disrupt this space, we were far, far away from that dream of ours. There were some harsh realities of this industry which basically, uh, you know, people end up missing out on. Hmm. So, like for example, in the real estate brick and mortar business, typically what happens is yeah. that when you go about finalizing a store of your own, it hmm. takes a good amount of time. Like I remember the first kitchen in Amdabar, it took me good four months to set hmm. up. Mm. Because every time you want to put up a new store, it's like your new baby. Mm. You want mm. it to maybe mm. store the facade, beautiful approach, heavy walk ins, football. Mm. And all of that comes at a huge cost. Mm. Uh, not just in terms of capex, opening, but also time. Plus, the massive amount of risk that comes in with that is the fact that tomorrow there might be a flyover right in front of your store, and the entire yeah. traffic will actually fly over right up from your store, which we should have out into your kitchen. Yeah. Mm. So, with all those realities, the scale up was very slow, and that is when we you know, came across also another. So, we kept on doing, we constantly we're having a very data-driven company and we looked at this another very interesting metric that came up which was almost 67% of our customers hadn't even seen our frontal, okay. and they were yet ordering for delivery. Consumer behaviors were undergoing a sea change where convenience, value became all the more yes. important. Correct.
1: And because,
0: that yeah, was a light bulb yeah. moment for us and actually that's when we pioneered the world's or at least I would say India's first hmm. two cloud kitchens. Uh, you know, we, we started one in Bhopal in Ahmedabad and the other one in Kardukodi in Bangalore and then there was no looking back. So this very problem of scale-up of, you know, You know, I mean scaling up very fastly which we felt otherwise would have taken 5, 6, 10 years. Hmm. We scaled up in no time to about 170 locations, 20 plus cities. And that is how we solved the first leg of the problem. So while the scale up challenge got solved, but I mean still to be able to really solve for a lot of consumer problems in this space, Hmm. we weren't that well placed. Hmm. For us to grow further wasn't just about, you know, scaling up passos to more number of locations. Correct. Hmm. But actually to be able to cater to more and more set of consumer food missions. And with the tech enabled, supply chain stage, culinary powered 170 kitchen network of ours. We were all set for our next stroke to solve for consumer problems across multiple food categories. And uh, that is what actually led to the next the advent of the multi-brand strategy, which was pretty much the second turning point in our existence. The first one was the cloud kitchen and then the second one was this multi-brand. And uh, the insight there, Kunal, mm. is the fact that a customer journey when it comes to food on demand space. Yeah. It moves between different, different set of mission. Mm. Like a typical customer would like to have a homely meal on a Monday. The person would might want to order for a pizza on a Wednesday for team lunch. Yeah. To actually standing on a tapri on evenings and having bada pav or chai. Mm. Or actually going to a Michelin style restaurant on a weekend to, mm. you know, celebrate your special occasion, the near and dear ones. Correct. And that was actually a great realization for us that... Mm. You know, the opportunity was not just limited to fast food. It was really, really big. And that's when we started building brands for each of these categories. Okay. think this is the need size or the opportunity size of each of these categories. Hmm. And this happened somewhere in the year 2016. And again, I was fortunate enough to actually take the uh, big part of this very strategy. I was, I moved from operations to marketing as a CMO. Mm-hmm. And uh, then from there on over the last four, four and a half years, uh, with a great team of marketers.
1: We went on to building new two brands completely from scratch. As an output today, uh, we have a portfolio of
0: 10 brands with many of them like Behrouz Biryani, Amund's Story Pizza, Fasos. Mm. They have actually become a multi crore plus brands in mere span of about two to three years. So, while brands is an output, Mm. essentially what we have really built all these years is actually an operating system which can satiate multiple consumer needs Mm. across 35 cities in India, UAE, Indonesia, and very recently we also opened the London market. And this operating system, which is what I'm trying to point at that, you know, this is what actually we have built over these eight, nine years, just doesn't let you build your own global brands, Mm. but also allows other global brands other regional strong brands offerings to actually ride on this network of ours and reach to the end consumers. Okay. So that's the long story long mm-hmm. of Rebel Foods and me. And yes, the co-founder tag is surely an honor which uh, Jaleep, Kalon and our investors have bestowed upon us. You know, a nine-year-old kid coming and calling you a father someday can surely yeah. be disturbing but <laughs> in here, it's truly a recognition of what we have done all these years in building yeah. Rebel Foods. Having actually fathered this baby over all these years, it's a great moment of pride for us as to what we have accomplished
1: after so many years. Interesting. Very interesting. I mean, your journey, of course, as you mentioned, you've been to the kitchen yourself, right to the car moment where you are heading such a big team. Which brings me to my next question. Uh, tell me about your team at Rebel Foods. How is your single day's operation like? So, Kunal, uh, fundamentally, you know, there are these, these three very, very important uh, integral part of running a team at Rebel Food, and this kind of cuts across all our
0: business units, all our functions. So, there are these three important things which help us keep up with driving, and to drive with this team at Rebel Food. The number one is always be customer first. You can't really say a no just because you have a system limitation or it hasn't been done in past. So. Mm. We got to figure it out if this is what consumer needs. That's one of the pillar number one. Mm. The pillar number two is always keep challenging the status quo. Mm. And that's what if the story that I just took you through, uh, that's what essentially we have been doing all this while. When the world sees our successful experiments like the cloud kitchen or going multi-brand, but what they haven't seen or they don't know is the fact that there were you know hundreds of experiments that we kept on doing all these years. A lot of them have actually also failed. And that can only happen if we keep challenging the status quo, something that hasn't been done over hundreds of Years in this age-old industry. So that becomes pillar number two, which is channeling the status quo. And the pillar number three, which is an even more important trait, which is the heavy dose of ownership that we look forward to everybody in the team. Uh, basically, uh, you know, it, the saying is that the buck stops at you. Yeah. In a company like ours where every function and business unit is doing multiple things, it becomes important that each and every rebel owns up to the work in hand to the fullest. Okay. Ensure it gets executed perfectly and won't just not success but also failures. So yeah, that is what I would say it takes to you know, run a team
1: at Rebel Foods. Interesting. Alright, so, I mean, tell me about the growth now. Uh, you've seen multiple growth in the last two years, more than 100 plus kitchens, new kitchens which have been opened up. Tell me about that. Sure, Konad. So, I think in the Rebel story, I think one of the
0: call-outs you had was about 100 kitchen growth. Yeah. I would say that was one small part of the entire growth journey. We were essentially not just scaling up kitchens for the sake of larger footprint, making our brands reach more customers, but actually strengthening this Rebel operating system of ours. And one of the key pillars of this operating system, apart from seamless supply chain that connects the entire network, the tech part of it, which Mm -hmm. enables right from your consumer to kitchens to going backward to vendor management, everything tech enabled distribution centers which we spoke of number of kitchens. So apart from that, there's another important pillar that actually helped us to have this level of growth in terms of scaling it up hmm. which is the transformer piece of our business. We call this entire piece of uh, this entire team or project as transformers because uh, with the help of that we actually, we just, that this piece just didn't ensure that we scale up but it also ensured that we scale up our brands and footprint ensuring that consistency. I mean, we, we are able to scale up all these brands in a very consistent manner. Okay. Let me kind of elaborate this with a little more example. Hmm. So in India, when you look at, you know, Chinese is one of the biggest category. Yeah. amongst top three where you don't even see even a single larger scale brand or even a homegrown national yeah. brand. And the reason is not that no one has tried doing it or something but it's about being able to provide with consistent recipe experience across the country when you are scaling it up. And conventionally all such cuisines have been at the mercy of highly skilled chefs who need to be deployed at every other site when you intend to scale up your business. And okay. that's where most of the food brands fit. Hmm. Uh, fundamentally in the restaurant industry you know, there's an inversely proportional graph between scale up and quality or consistency. The moment you start scaling up, the quality or the consistency starts dropping. Yeah. And I'm sure you also as a consumer, you would have seen you. your very one or two locations, a very small, uh, very loved brand. The moment they try to scale up to about 10-15 locations, yeah. I mean, you would hear this in your social gatherings that you know, the quality standard of that restaurant oh, yeah. that brand isn't at the same level, isn't at par mm. with what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it isn't the fact that you know the entrepreneur has given it up or the, or the business owner has given it up. Hmm. The true challenge there is the challenge with regard to be able to uh, ensure that this experience or this recipe of yours is scaled up exactly the way it is supposed to hmm. across at scale. So coming back to what we have done with this critical piece of Transformers, hmm. we have essentially solved for this very problem. What it does is to actually break down the entire process of making a product into three important components, which are uh, number one, bill of materials, which includes your ingredients. Okay. Second is dispensing of these right of these ingredients at in the right quantities and at the right time. And uh, the number three part of this entire thing is the mechanism, or as to you know when you dispense it, mm-hmm. uh, at what temperature are you dispensing it, and what proper moment are you dispensing it. And this is these three components we solve for. de-skilling a recipe. By simplifying the recipe and innovating via smart equipment solution. Okay. Now I'll go back to the Chinese example that I gave. Mm. If you think of Chinese cuisine, mm. you could visualize, I'm sure you would be able to visualize a very you know high school chef standing behind a live fire wok and actually tossing the wok on the fire. And with his other hand, he's constantly also adding different important ingredients at the right point in time so that you know, the flavors come out exactly the way they are supposed to. Correct. Mm. And that's where the problem is. I mean, how can you ensure that this chef of yours mm. is present at 200 locations? this ship of yours is working exactly yeah. the way he's supposed to on every other day Yeah. ultimately it's human that is involved in it and uh, that's what you know with Transformers what we have done is we have come up with we have developed an IoT enabled equipment named Woki, which can okay. ensure that anyone like me or you I'm sorry not doubting your cooking experience mm-hmm. or skills but just the fact that you know we all can churn exactly the same recipe across any part of the country and mm-hmm. that is what we are doing to scale up our Chinese brand Mandarin uh, mm-hmm. not just in India but also we have recently scaled it to London so mm-hmm. the mood point being that while we have certainly added over 100 kitchens but what really enabled us was this smart operating system uh, which ensured that we are very well placed to serve variety of offerings to our consumers across these 38 cities, 325 kitchens, 4 mm. countries with great consistency and quality because uh, that's the last piece that you would ever want to break when it comes to food industry or
1: food brand. So you mentioned IoT, Internet of Things, you mentioned technology being a vital role in your uh, food business, right? So wasn't it an issue initially trying to make people understand that we're trying to take a conventional brick and mortar business using technology, taking it on the internet? Was it a challenge for you there? So not really, Puran's, um mm.
0: nine years back when we started Fasos, so mm. that was only one brand then. But so while we were scaling the business up the, in a very tech enabled way, we even about nine years back, we used to have an app. We used to,
1: mm. we, uh, one of the claim to fame was that, you know, we used to accept
0: orders via Twitter and uh, very interesting stuff that we used to do. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this developing the operating system to a level mm. that you could actually descale a recipe and ensure yeah. that, you know, you can make this recipe exactly the same way every time it is made across mm. the country. Hmm. that comes at its own sweet time of experience and expertise that hmm. Hmm. you know we have been fortunately able to hone over those, these many years and that's the beauty of this part of the operating system and that's also is kind of an entry barrier for a lot of players yeah. in this space for to be able to actually replicate it Good. it isn't as simple as you know activating an app and you know activating uh, uh, offerings in there and pulling the consumers hmm. by aggregating different partners there but actually solving for this very core offering you know ensuring that the food experience is top notch every time it's being ordered in different parts of the So that comes at its own time of cost and expertise and time, and that fortunately we have gone through that cycle and we are decently placed on that front. While still there is a lot to be accomplished, but of course, it's
1: a whole ecosystem, it's a whole end-to-end solution that you've built. All right, interesting. So tell me about Rebel Launcher 2.0. It's a new thing that you guys have launched, ready-to-eat, ready-to-cook meals. Tell me more about it. So now there are these two parts you
0: asked, one is mm. the Rebel Launcher and then I will come on to the Ready to Cook oh, a, okay. All right, yeah. category. Mm. So Rebel Launcher is a program that provides with a platform which enables multiple brands to actually write this operating system of ours okay. and reach to the end consumers. intent is very clear, we already have this operating system that we have built. How do we use this operating system which comprises of well-connected 300 plus kitchen, yeah. seamless supply chain, culinary expertise, transformer, tech enabled. Mm. Uh, to fulfill the unmet needs that exist in the market mm. which may be in the form of cuisines great products or great brands and that's where instead of building all of it by ourselves while we suddenly are trying to build our own portfolio of global brands uh, that I spoke of in the beginning yeah. but the intent here is that how can you you know circumvent that uh, do we need to do everything by ourselves, or, or do we actually identify experts who have actually, over years, grabbed a product category, built a great brand equity, and attained a product market fit for their brand, and simply provide them with this operating system to scale them up across the country? Mm. So, I'll give you an example of our first launcher brand. It happens to be Slay Coffee, which was built by Chitanya, who's a coffee expert. Okay. And now, Slay Coffee happens to be the third largest coffee brand across 150 locations in wow. the country in a matter of about what, what, seven, eight months. Mm. And it has gained huge traction, a massive amount of love that we have seeing for this brand by consumers. So that's the intent of Rebel Launcher as to how okay. do you identify hmm. these opportunities that exist the unmet needs from a consumer point of view expertise that people have developed for so many years because it does take time to actually crack a solution if you really want to do it very well and how do you make them you know meet with the help of this operating system and that's exactly what Rebel Launcher is facilitating a lot of entrepreneurs across the country to do. So that was Reven Launcher for you and okay. uh, coming on to the RTE to RTC transition yeah, there is surely an immense growth of this category Degree, given the COVID scenario and more yes. and more people cooking themselves. Mm. And that's where RTC products come in very handy. And on that front, even we have come up with some great product offerings like meal kits designed to solve consumer problems like making of a great Chinese machurian biryani, which can be done in flat 15 minutes with no hassle of cutting, cleaning, chopping yeah. or following a very long complicated recipe. And uh, we're coming up with more such offerings and we see RTC will continue to grow uh, even post-COVID as people have realized that cooking ain't that difficult a task. And, and only if some part of it can actually be taken of by someone else. Hmm. And that's what we're trying to do with these offerings that we're developing for this category.
1: Interesting. Alright, so you mentioned the current situation, the pandemic, of course, the unprecedented times that we're living in. Tell yeah. us about your transition there, was how much of a dip in demand was there uh, for your brands? Tell me about Food for Good, your campaign, uh, how you guys help the daily wage workers. Tell me everything.
0: Perfect, Kuna, you asked a lot of stuff. So yeah. let's start with the best one, the my favorite one, which is the Food for Good. Yeah. This uh, food for good was another one of our rebel stories which uh, we are really proud about. Like most of the initiatives at Rebel, this one also wasn't centrally driven. It got picked up by our store teams in March when mm-hmm. COVID hit us. I mean, so all the kiosk and lockdown across, we were fortunate to be classified as an essential service. And while we were operational, we were figuring out a lot of challenges with regard to getting curfew passes, yeah, coming, yeah. Uh, you know, getting rid of the lockdown norms and standards. Daily store team, they came across this unfortunate incident. With thousands of people were stranded due to a lockdown and they had no shelter, food, bottle at IZBD Delhi. And that's when, you know, our ongoing Delhi store team, they pulled the idea of helping these needy people. Hmm. We contacted the Delhi disaster management team police authorities, to help and enable us to be able to provide them with nutritious meal. So that's how it started. Uh, hmm. It started pretty much as a relief initiative, but from there, it has taken a much larger shape and form. And uh, now we have branded this entire initiative of ours as GiveShore, wherein we feel that we can contribute back to the community in whatever little way we can. Okay, And with a lot of support from our customers, investors, and like-minded people we will be able to serve almost 3 lakh meals by end of this month Wow! Mm. by the end of September and uh, after all you know, we have realized that hunger isn't a temporary menace there are millions of people who don't get this basic need of life on a daily basis and uh, within Rebel uh, all our teams actually really feel very excited and connected about it as an initiative mm. as this goes beyond business and mm. gives all of us larger than life purpose to our existence mm. so that's about food for good or, or uh, give sure as it is known now coming on to the next part of it which is you know, the COVID hitting us and the world thereafter. Yeah. So I think, as I mentioned earlier, so when, while COVID did hit us and there was definitely there were these two levels of problems while food delivery, food on demand was categorized as an essential service. But yeah, the first level of challenge used to be with regard to a lot of operation challenges to yeah. ensure how can you ensure your... So while our rebel store team they all ensured that they were able to manage to come to store but still there were a lot of challenges with regard to getting curfew passes Correct. to ensure people were able to commute from point A to point B to run the store. So while all of that kind of got settled down... In the initial two months but there was a, another bigger challenge that I would say still exists which is the consumer sentiment. Actually people have become very scared of ordering a lot of a, a chunk of users and that is also we are seeing slowly mellowing down but yeah, still there is a larger set of consumers who are actually very apprehensive of ordering anything from outside just from the fear of you know there might be some kind of contamination that might happen in some or other part of the entire process. And on that front, we actually did our consumer research and Mm -hmm. right in the beginning when COVID hit us. Mm -hmm. And we identified that there are these four P's which have now become very, very relevant and very important from a consumer's point of view. Mm -hmm. And let me take some two minutes to explain as to what do these stand for and what is it that we have done about it. The four P's basically stand for product, people, process and packaging. When it comes to product, one of the days when people were completely carefree about what ingredients were going in their food. People now have become very careful about what ingredients, where is it getting sourced from? Is it good for consuming? Because, now they have realized that you know and and there's already enough chatter happening around immunity boosting meals and stuff like that so while all of that is happening while that's a lot of functional kind of functional benefit kind of offering but Hmm. even in the regular regime people have become very careful that whatever they are consuming should be good for them Hmm. they should be eating something which you know ultimately they're putting it inside their body and it cannot be compromised at all and fortunately this has been one thing at rebel foods for all these eight nine years you know we have never compromised which is quality of food. We have ensured that we have zero color, zero flavor, no alteration, even if it came at a cost of lower contribution margin. We have a very simple rule there that, you know, serve food to our consumer which you can very easily, very blindly also serve to your kids and family members. And uh, what we have started doing on this front post-COVID is that we have started amplifying our communication around this. We have started giving this more transparency around the same to our consumers. Apart from that, there's something called what we launched as It's Promise which kind of cuts across all our brands and It's Your Promise is ensuring that each of our brand is living up to all of these four pieces So, like the product part of it, I spoke up. Likewise, on the people front, the other challenge coming from a consumer point of view was the fact that you know people weren't sure whether people who were cooking the food in the kitchen were in a healthy state. Yeah. Mm. So what we started doing on that front was we were the first ones in the country where you know we started giving this complete transparency to users. We started doing real-time temperature tracking and we started giving this link after an order was placed. We provided the user with this link also in the form of a QR code wherein a user could simply scan this QR code and go and look at have a look at as to who were exactly the people who were making the food today in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. what was their temperature, even to a level that, you know, we also published the medical certificate for these people so that, and medical certificate comes also, both these initiatives of real-time temperature tracking and medical certificate. It wasn't just to ensure that, you know, consumers feel secure, it was also to ensure that our employees are in a good state. So, Hmm. give assurance on both the front. Hmm. So, that is what we did on the people front. Number third P stands for process where again uh, consumers wanted to be sure if the basic hygiene practices, cooking processes are up to mark hmm. if kitchens are actually operating at government-certified standard. Yeah. Again on that front, with the promise, we ensured best-in-class WHO approved standards. Mm. being added to all our, across all our kitchen by constant sanitization, wearing of gloves, masks mm. and over 200 plus quality checks which we also now have started communicating with our consumers that these are the best practices that we are following. And the fourth important P which is packaging. Uh, consumers now are very sensitive about the packaging of the products they receive. Is the packaging tamper-proof? If there's an outer covering, uh, that can be easily disposed of. Yeah. And features like express delivery and so on and so forth. So on that front again, in line with the issue of promise, we provide with double-seed packaging to all our users. Mm let so that- when they receive the packaging and they can simply discard the outer casing. So that's what you know all in all while most of our brands are kind of category leaders are kind of moving towards that Hmm. and they do have certain amount of good trust and credibility built in with the issue of promise our endeavour has been to provide the maximum possible assurance to users so that users when they order for these brands they find them the safest across the categories. So that's how it has been uh, post the COVID world as to what we have done.
1: Interesting. All right. right. so from this entire COVID scenario if you have to take out one key learning, you know, the most important thing. What would that be for you? You well, know, There are a couple of them, but it's the fact that it may not just
0: restrict to level food. It may even extend to businesses across, which is the fact that, you know, businesses today will have to be very, very dynamic, very adaptive, yeah. and very agile. Hmm. And what I mean there is that like, I mean, if I have to give an example, of the restaurant industry, unfortunately today, most of the businesses across this food industry are in the conventional retail brick and mortar kind of a business model. Hmm. And so people are paying rentals, they have invested a lot of capex, but I mean, unfortunately, the restaurant, the dining business is completely gone off. And that is where the businesses will have to be very, very agile Hmm. to kind of transition immediately to be able to cater to this evolving need. Now the evolving needs are, people want food with great convenience at their own place. Also, they want uh, these basic, while these were very, basic and a lot of restaurants were kind of neglecting these basic for kind of issue philosophy I spoke of. People were uh, kind of neglecting that the businesses will have to be very sensitive towards and adapt to all these needs because consumers, I mean, they, you have to be consumer first as to what is it that they want and yeah. ensure that your brand is living up to that expectation. Correct. So that I would say is one of the key things that one will have to ensure especially post-COVID world and you have to be agile, you have to be flexible enough to quickly look at where you are, how the consumer needs are changing, how the external factors are impacting the Business and be agile enough to adapt to the changing needs.
1: All right, moving on to my next question. I think we've already brushed upon this in one of your last answers, Oji, but just to quickly go about it again. Fasos to Rebel Foods journey. As we grew from one brand of Fasos to multiple brand, they will hmm. need to have an
0: umbrella branding for our organization. So okay. The story part I've already covered yeah. which is as to how did we keep on it? the two turning points of the cloud kitchen yeah. and then yeah. the multi-brand and the pillar of this operating I mean what we formed in the form of operating system mm. all of that is kind of covered but let me just talk about why Rebel Foods you know how did mm. we move from Pasos as a brand and to Rebel Foods and uh, so while Pasos we moved on from Pasos to multiple brands there was a need to have an umbrella branding for our organization while that was a tactical reason but philosophically we have been thinking about it since a long while the organization brand should somewhere Kind of reflect our vision and mission of existence. And in the last two decades, if you look across the industry, hmm. there were enough disruption stories. Hmm. Like Amazon happened to retail, Uber yeah. happened to transportation, Netflix to media, Airbnb to hotel, among all other industries, yeah. uh, while all of them kind of got disrupted. But only food industry has been one of those industries which have been really big inside but also wasn't ever disrupted. Up till now, the biggest food business that you could see was that of the, those big mammoths like McDonald's which has over yeah. 40,000 kind of kitchens. Mm-hmm. The same age-old business model of brick and mortar. Yeah, correct. And it was pretty ripe for disruption uh-huh. which is what we feel we have been able to cause over the last few years. And multi-brand cloud kitchen has now kind of become the new norm in this industry. There are multiple experiments that we have done over these years. Mm-hmm. While a lot of them failed and but what we have really accomplished is something that we have finally been able to have an answer of disruption even in this industry. Hmm. So, going back to the question of why I rebel, I think that's hmm. what it takes to disrupt a century-old industry and hmm. that's what all of us at Rebel are and live up to day in and now. Hmm. It's a true reflection of who we are, what we do hmm. and what kind of people we would love to have on board. Hmm. So,
1: that's how the whole, whole journey has been. Interesting. Alright, so moving on to the entrepreneur bit of it now, for young entrepreneurs or young startup founders listening to this because that's what our main teacher is, you know, these have been really challenging times, as you mentioned, especially for the F&B industry itself, Uh, one of every three restaurants is not going to open up after the COVID era. That's what I read somewhere. It's challenging for everybody across different, different sectors. So what is your personal advice to young entrepreneurs listening to this how do you survive through a challenging time like this sure so pran i would say so while definitely in
0: these challenging time one needs to kind of be adaptable be agile enough, hmm. to see you know what how i mean you might have been working on a particular problem which was very relevant in the pre covid world but hmm. that problem in itself would have kind of disappeared So I would say, number one would definitely be agile enough, be adaptable enough, don't get stuck to a particular idea and keep moving on. Also, the larger message there would be that your success largely depends on the multiple by which you are able to solve a consumer problem. And if it's incremental in nature, don't expect your work to make a killing for you. So work on problems and solutions which can actually improve consumers' life by 10x. As you know, the time is limited. You really need to move fast, be agile enough to trash an idea if it doesn't work, hmm. be experimental and do not fear failure. So, that's what my larger message would be. Interesting.
1: Alright, so I think this has been great. Thank you so much for your time, Sagar. It's been great chatting to you.
0: Thank you so much, Kunal. Yeah, it was equally interesting talking to you and having to start. I think as I mentioned earlier, you guys are doing a good job in terms of this very theme and this very property that you have built. Thank you. So thank you will uh, have to look forward to some interesting uh, sessions
1: in there. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Sagar. It's been great. Thank you for tuning in to this inspirational episode of How They Did It. Stay tuned for more inspiration coming your way in the next episode only on the Mashable India website, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcasting apps. This is Konak Tiagi, signing out.